Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Happy Sunday, everybody. Are you ready for a crazy magical week? And no, this is not an April Fool's joke. I believe that this is the week in which the world is going to see Willy Wonka pinball from Jersey Jack. And I know a lot of you out there are super excited about this title. And I'm here to tell you that this is this is going to be it. I, I, there are a lot of things happening this week that indicate that this game is going to be revealed this week. And nope, not an April Fool's joke. I have another bit of exclusive information for you. And I want you to take this at face value because I got this information from Jersey Jack himself. Because, you know, I was speculating on what would the price of Willy Wonka be. And Jack actually emailed me and said, hey, Chris, just got to let you know that the price of Willy Wonka will be the same exact price as Pirates of the Caribbean. So there, there will not be a price increase on Willy Wonka. I think that's great news. I think many of you out there, that is music to your ears. Here's the thing. I think the collector's editions of Willy Wonka are going to sell out and sell out fast. And I hope they do. I really do. I think Jack deserves to finally have a game almost sell out sight unseen. And Willy Wonka, if he only makes like 200 of them as collector's editions, they're going to they're gonna sell out. I have my name on the list for one. Uh, we're going to see it this week. I do think if it's as magical as it is in our heads right now, there are going to be a lot of you out there who want to get the top creme de la creme version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So we'll see. We'll see. This is the week. It's exciting because all the speculation is going to end. And it's also exciting because it just seems like over the last few weeks, we are having title after title after title be revealed to us. Like, it, it almost feels like Black Knight, you know, Sword of Rage came out like months ago. No, it was like last week. And now we have this game coming out this week. And all of a sudden, as a pinball buyer, you get to like weigh your options on what you want to buy and what you want to spend your money on. Now, I think it's really awesome that we have Stern's new machine with Steve Ritchie, the king, putting this new Black Knight mechanism at the center of that game. And now we have Jersey Jack Pinball. We are basically seeing what both companies are capable of giving us in 2019 going head to head. And, and I think I speak for most of you when I say this. There is always more excitement to see what Jersey Jack is going to deliver to the world than Stern Pinball. And this is not a knock on Stern, but we do know that Stern has a little bit of a formula. That a Stern game is always a Stern game is always a Stern game. And while they'll, they'll do different things here and there, for the most part, are you ever really blown away by that thing that Stern puts into the game? Are you? No. I think Jersey Jack is the company that does reach further that does engineer more complexity and, and innovation into their games. The LCD on the Jersey Jack machine is obviously superior, but that doesn't, you know, but still, right? Stern has still won this battle. Stern has still sold more games than Jersey Jack Pinball. Stern has released more hit games uh, one after another than Jersey Jack has. And I think a lot of you, I think I speak for a lot of you when I say, we really want to see this be Jack's year that he has three great themes in Wonka, Toy Story, and Guns N' Roses. This is a Pat Lawler design. 
I really hope this becomes the Pat Lawler return to pinball that everybody wanted to get with Dialed In that you didn't quite get because the game was a little bit of a snooze fest and it was a theme that nobody really wanted. But now we have a game built within a classic movie franchise. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is an iconic film. It's a classic movie from 1971. I think anyone who's between the ages of like 35 and like 60 has seen this movie probably multiple times. It's a classic movie. The scenes in it are iconic. The movie itself lends itself perfectly to pinball, right? We talk a lot about, you know, you want a pinball game with a story and you want to feel like you're, you're sort of playing the game, but you're also bringing that narrative to life as you play the pinball game. And I think that Willy Wonka is, is the perfect story for pinball because of how easy it is to understand the movie itself. This isn't like a trilogy with all these different characters. It's one finite story. You've got the boy Charlie. He's broke. He comes from a family with no money that's, that's having like cabbage soup at dinner. All four of them are sleeping in the bed together. And, and, and all he wants in the world, all he wants is to find that golden ticket, but he doesn't have money to buy Wonka bars left and right. And then you've got these other four characters from around the world who have different means, are spoiled, are obnoxious, and they all you know, are the other lucky recipients of the golden ticket. And then you have this mysterious chocolate factory, right? That nobody really knows what's going on behind the gates at Wonka. And you have this mysterious figure with a scar on his face who's, who's talking to all the, the golden ticket winners. And I just watched it. I spent an hour and a half watching it with Brenda. And I want to talk about, you know, m what my imagination is telling me could possibly be in this game. And then we'll see how accurate the things I'm talking about are and if any of them actually make their way into the pinball experience. But it's the perfect theme for pinball. And I know some people out there have been saying, well, you know, it's too childlike, it's too this, it's too that. Bullshit. All right, bullshit. This is the kind of iconic film that has never grown old. Generations have grown up watching it. But more so, it lends itself perfectly to pinball because what I love about the film is around every corner and behind every door is a new magical scene, an iconic scene that we all remember, right? It's almost like in each room, each of these children has an experience at the chocolate factory that is, is, is like etched into our memories forever. And, and I don't know about you, but when I watched the movie growing up as a kid, I was always kind of terrified of the film too because it's you always felt like these kids were dying like they, these these horrendous things were happening to them and they were just disappearing from the film and we never we never see them again right we never see them come back to life we never see them fixed or solved uh, and it just seems like they're gone and as a child who loves candy and sweets i think every kid grew up almost terrified that you know they too can meet a fate like that and it's at an age too where children most children are aware of death, right? And going away. And all of a sudden you've got like thing, the thing you love the most, which is candy combined with like seemingly like, uh, you know, an ability to, to be like killed by the chocolate factory. I don't know. That's how, that's how I always felt when I watched the movie. I was a little bit terrified. Anyway, so here's the deal. I want to talk about what I think could be a great, you know, some great scenes from the movie that I hope make it into the pinball experience. And again, you're going to see it this week. And it's going to be the same price as Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, and who knows, maybe even Canada might make a trip 
to the Jersey Jack factory sometime soon and get to flip the game and give you my experiences with the game. Um, I'm hoping to set that up and give you guys my impressions of the game. All right, so here, here's what I love about this movie. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go down a list of, of notes I took. You know, the songs are great, but what I love, I want to just, I want to just read out my notes on moments of the film, which I think could translate perfectly for the pinball experience. All right. So one of the things I talked about was the loaf of bread, the banquet. Right. When Charlie comes home with that loaf of bread, I thought it could be funny to have a banquet bread collector's edition of the game. No, I'm joking. So here's the thing. I'm curious to see how they do finding the five golden tickets because uh, there is so much about this movie. The first like third of the movie is all about that and how they go around the globe and the different children from different areas of the world win these tickets. So much of this game is about finding the golden ticket or so much of the movie. So I I know that's going to be a major, major part of the game itself. Now, I, I think the way that I would do it is you would have to collect... Uh, all five kids, right? So whether it's, let me go down the the list of the five kids. So you've got Augustus Gloop, who's from Germany. You have to collect him. He likes to eat a lot. You have to collect uh, Veruca Salt, who's the rich girl whose daddy owns the peanut factory, you know, who has all those women opening up like hundreds of thousands of Wonka bars to find that one golden ticket. And I think each of these kids will be a mode in the game. Like you will start them and then you will have to do the thing that they did uh, to win the ticket. Uh, you got Violet uh, Beregard, who's the American who loves to chew gum, whose dad's got like the car dealership, and she's really annoying, always, you know, smacking the gum and hiding it behind her ear and all that stuff. Uh, then you got Mike TV, who's from America, who loves TV dinners and guns. I love the fact, too, that the stereotypes of these children, they're, they're just amazing. Um, and then you have the fake ticket that is supposedly won in Paraguay, uh, and then it turns out to be fake. And then remember, Charlie buys that one last bar. And there's no longer the hype around it because everyone thinks the fifth ticket is found. And then you have Charlie who finds that final ticket uh, in, in his sort of like in Bill's candy shop, which is where uh, he always you know buys his candy bars. So I think what will happen is you will be able, I hope, look, I hope, I hope and pray. I hope and pray that Keith does not do something silly like you choose between one of 20 Oompa Loompas and each of the Oompa Loompa has a different benefit to the game. If Keith does that, seriously, Keith, I'm going to find you and I'm going to hurt you severely. Now, I hope he doesn't do it that way. I also hope he doesn't do it where you have to pick between one of the five characters and each of them has a different benefit. No, you should be playing as Charlie, okay? And maybe you're playing as Willy Wonka. Think about that for a minute. Maybe you play as Wonka and you're selecting the five kids. But I think it makes total sense to just play as Charlie. But in the game itself, you have to start the modes of each character. And you have to you have to do whatever each of those characters had to do to get the golden ticket. I think that makes total sense because there's, there's such so many iconic scenes of when the newscaster identifies where the new ticket was found, right? And they do the great interviews with each of the kids. And I think that will be... Uh, those will be modes in the game itself, all right? Okay, so we've got the five kids, and I think that, again, I love. I like that it's just five. There's not like 50 characters. There's not like three movies. There's not so much to choose from. It's five children who get to go into the chocolate factory. Okay, let's talk about some modes that could be potential things. And, and the way I was looking at it is, I think the challenge for these guys after watching the movie, the challenge must have been this. The challenge must have been, 
how much of the movie can we actually physically put into the game? And how do you translate all the different magical rooms, magical moments of that movie into the pinball experience, right? Because there's there, there are so many magical things that people remember from the film and there's only so much room you have in a pinball machine and we know this is most likely a standard body machine so that's another thing too you know will there will there be like an upper play field will there be a lower play field i'm not sure i'm not sure but let me let me go through my notes and we can just talk about these these are in no particular order by the way because uh, i was watching the movie and just seeing things and getting excited so you're going to hear a little bit of a sporadic commentary on the movie and how it could translate into the Jersey Jack game. All right, so I thought it could be funny uh, in the mode in which the teacher, there could be a teacher mode in which he's talking about percentages. And he asks every kid, you know, out of if they mailed 1,000 Wonka bars, what percentage uh, of those did you open? And so one kid says 100, the other kid says 150, and the teacher's like, okay, that's that's 10%, that's 15%. And then Charlie says, well, I only opened up two. And the guy's like, 200? He's like, no, just two Wonka bars. And the teacher's like, I can't do that percentage. Um, that might be a fun way in which to introduce multipliers and the percentage of multipliers you can have in the game. So maybe you get a 15% multiplier, maybe you get a 10%, and maybe you get the special Charlie two-ball multi-ball uh, if, you, if, you, you know, if you unlock Charlie's phrase in that. Okay. So Mr. Slugworth, the everlasting gobstopper, the secret formula that uh, he, you know, he's supposedly bribing the kids if they can steal the gobstopper. Um, here's the thing. I think it could be really awesome in this game. I would love to have the shooter rod, the knob, be the gobstopper. I, thought, I think that would be awesome. I also thought it would be really, really funny if you had an everlasting gobstopper multi-ball. And what I mean by that is, imagine like that could be like a wizard mode uh, in which no balls can drain. You can't lose your ball for what is seemingly an everlasting time. So maybe it's like two minutes of absolutely no drains or five minutes and it's just, it's everlasting wizard mode, okay? I also thought it could be a fun thing to put into the game code itself where people who have children could actually put the game on everlasting gobstopper mode and that way their kids can flip the game and the game will never end so it's not three ball it's not five ball it's basically on an everlaster everlasting gobstopper mode in which your kids can flip away for hours and play the game and never have to worry about draining or, or, or being a game over i thought that could just be a fun thing to do since we know that a lot of parents with young kids are going to be buying this game all right, what else did I write about? So there's something really cool about the the red carpet walk that Willie does um, from you know the Wonka factory to the gates. I'm curious to see if the red carpet makes its way onto the playfield artwork in any way. All right, uh, what else is going on? So the other door, you know, when they first go in and they're in that room with like the black and white and they can't find the door, they're searching for the door and then they make their way through the same door they came through, but all of a sudden, it's a different way out. Uh, really cool. Not really sure how they could incorporate that. Now, we get to the most magical room. And if you were to ask me, I think this room is going to be the area in which most of the game reflects. And that is the chocolate room. It is the most iconic room in the entire movie. 
And it would be the perfect sort of like majority of the playfield is dedicated to bringing the Willy Wonka chocolate room to life. I mean, this is the room where we have all the colorful plants and flowers and lollipops and candies on trees. And then you have the chocolate river. You have the chocolate waterfall. I mean, I, I am hoping that the pop bumpers are the colorful mushrooms, candy mushrooms that are found in the chocolate room. I mean, they they look like pop bumpers. So hopefully that is the case. Um, so that room is really going to be, I think, a big sort. I think that's going to come to life a big time in the pinball machine. It's also the iconic room in which Willy Wonka sings his you know World of Pure Imagination song, which is the most iconic song from the entire movie. So we'll see what happens there. How will they how will they create a chocolate river? Will that be part of the game? Um, not sure how you do it, but I think that room again is going to be what we we see come to life, pre- predominantly in the in the in the pinball machine. All right, then you've got the the Wonka Tonia, which is the ship, right? So they get on the Wonka ship and they go through the tunnels, and the Oompa Loompas are rolling faster and faster. Um, I think that'll be a mode, the Wonka Tonia ship mode. Um, it could be really cool in the pinball machine on the physical game itself if you had those two Oompa Loompas sort of rowing in the back of the Wonka ship. Um, if you if you had to like get them to row faster and faster to get through to the end of, of the tunnel. Uh, not sure if that will be in there, but that could be a cool mechanism in the game. All right, then we have the Everlasting Gobstopper, which we already talked about. So here's the thing. When they, when they, when they stop, when they go from the chocolate room and they get on the ship and then they go to the invention room, which is like this big sort of like room filled with like these big vats, these like cauldrons where they're making all the latest inventions and it looks like a dirty laundry room and that's where we see the everlasting gobstopper machine. You know, how much of that stuff can they actually put on the play field? You know, they could have the everlasting gobstopper machine itself there sort of moving up and down, um, but I'm not sure. You know, then we see the machine that makes the three-course meal gum that Violet eats Right, and then she remember she she's eating it, and like she starts with the appetizer, then she gets to the 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 entree, and then she gets to the blueberry dessert, and she turns into a blueberry. Now, here's what I thought could be awesome in the game. So, I think one of the most iconic scenes, the, one of the scenes that everyone always remembers, is her blowing up into a blueberry. She actually turns into what looks like a big blue pinball, right? So, I thought it could be awesome if she was a bash toy. And, and she actually inflates on the play field. And so, you know, could how do you do that? How do you make it so she inflates like a balloon uh, from normal size to a big ball and you have to hit her uh, to release the, you know, to because they, they say they, they take her out of the room, the Oompa Loompas, to deflate her. So could that be a scene in the game? I also thought it could just be really interesting if the pinballs sort of could go in in normal color and then one comes out that's blue. That could be another interesting thing to do. Then they leave that room and they go to the wallpaper room with the snozzleberry wallpaper, which I won't even talk about the Urban Dictionary definition of what that is, uh, but there's that part. And then they go to the room with the bubble drink that Charlie and his grandpa, they drink from the, the bubbly drink and then all of a sudden they're floating up in the air towards the fan and they have to get back down. Now, obviously, I think all this stuff will be modes in the game. Uh, I don't think we'll physically see that, but what I think will happen in the mode is you will have to shoot the lit shots to burp. And if you remember the scene, Charlie and his grandfather have to burp to get back down. I was always terrified by that scene in, in the game. 
sorry, in the game, I keep saying in the game, I, by that scene in the movie, I was always terrified that they were going to like hit the fan. Uh, but I think that'll definitely be a mode in the game. And then we get to the room with the golden geese that lay the golden eggs, right? And there's that iconic egg detector where the golden egg falls down. It's sort of weighed whether it's good or bad. And if it's good, the Oompa Loompas take it. And if it's bad, it goes down the chute, right? Now, when I was watching that, I was like, wow, how awesome would it be to make that golden geese egg detector with the chute? How awesome would that be to make that a potential either subway system or ball drain where the ball either goes down and the meter says good or bad? If it goes good, how cool would it be if the subway, the ball went down and came to the left flipper, which was good. And if it went bad, it went to the right flipper. But here's, here's what I thought could be even cooler. Imagine if you the ball could actually drain if the egg is determined to be bad and that was like a random thing, if it could actually happen further up the play field, right? And I was thinking like, why is it the only place a ball can drain is in an out lane or straight down the middle? Imagine if they had this, you know, golden uh, egg detector somewhere further up the play field and if the ball was in it and all of a sudden got, you know, measured as bad, it would drain the ball and you lose your ball. I know I could just see the tournament guys like screaming in agony that a ball could actually be drained without skill involved, but more of like randomness of the game. Anyway, I do think that that needs to be in the game. This sort of like golden goose egg detector because it, it, it just works perfectly for pinball. And then we get into the Wonka mobile, right? Remember they get, they get on the, like the Wonka car and like the, the suds are going everywhere. Obviously this won't happen physically in the game because you would ruin the pinball machine if, if there were foam and soap suds going everywhere. I think that'll also happen on the LCD. And then you get to what I think. See, I think this next one is the coolest scene for pinball. It's the Wonka vision. I love that room, like the all white room with the big camera uh, and where he sends the big Wonka bar and he miniaturizes it and sends it to the TV. Now, when I was watching this scene, I was like, this has to be in the pinball game. And there has to be, this would be a perfect like upper playfield area where it's all white. Everything is white. You have to get up there. It's all white. And you've got the big white camera and you've got that sort of, you know, the, 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 the stage where the Wonka bar goes. Uh, I think it would be so awesome if you got the ball up there and, the, and that's a magnet where the stage is and your ball freezes there. And then the, you turn the Wonka vision on and the ball disappears. How awesome would that be? And then you see like the little dots over like the screen. And then all of a sudden what they should have is somewhere else on the play field, there should be a little TV. And then the pinball should reappear on that TV as a little pinball. How cool would that be? And if you want to get really fucking cool, you could have the Wonka vision miniaturize the pinball. And then it happens in a little lower playfield area where you do a little miniature pinball experience because it's been miniaturized. Now, how much cooler would that be than, than the, you know, the grandpa's basement pinball, which just is just a small pinball experience. But this makes total sense to shrink down the pinball for a little micro pinball experience within the game. Okay, I don't know if that's going to happen, but man, the Wonka vision to me, I would have like made that one of the main features in the game. And like, again, you're shrinking down a pinball. It disappears, sort of like a disappearing magnet, like in, in Tales of the Arabian Nights. And then the pinball reappears on a TV screen. Wonka vision, oh, would be awesome. All right, and then you get to the room, and we're getting near the end, right? This This journey... This, oh, oh, I forgot, I forgot something. Hold on, guys, I forgot something. So when they're in the chocolate uh, room, right, 
you know, that's where we lose, what's his name? The kid gets sucked up. That's where Augustus Gloop gets sucked. He jumps into the Chocolate River, right? And then he gets sucked up the pipe and gets stuck in the middle of the pipe. Now, what needs to be in this game is a vertical upkick pipe where, you know, Augustus gets sucked into. Like, they, they just need that. Like, the ball needs to fall into the Chocolate River and shoot up that pipe to, you know, and, and, and that just needs to be in the game. Like, it, instead of just like a, a wire form, I think they need to have a vertical upkick that looks like the piping uh, that Augustus Gloop gets stuck in. So we'll see if that happens as well. But again, I just thought like, okay, I'm seeing this in the film. This would translate perfectly into pinball. All right, what else is going on? So then we get to the room where everything is cut in half, and this is the scene in which Charlie uh, seemingly loses, and Willy Wonka is screaming at him, you know, for... For, for, for breaking the contract. And Charlie walks over and hands him the everlasting gobstopper and, and passes the final test. It's such a great scene in the movie. Uh, we didn't talk about the contract. So remember in the beginning when they first walk into the Charlie in the chocolate factory and there's that huge contract on the wall that they all have to sign? Um, I think that Jack should make every single person that buys a collector's edition I think that is what uh, they they should have to sign that contract in order to get the game. And the fine print should be really funny. And I think it's the perfect thing for people to frame and put next to their collector's editions of Willy Wonka Pinball. Again, that'd be a perfect, perfect, fun thing to do. Instead of the normal, like, you have the limited edition machine, one out of whatever, make it an actually Willy Wonka contract that everyone has to sign. Okay, so then we get to the iconic scene in which uh, you know, Charlie realizes he's won. Willy Wonka t- takes him into the, the Wonka Vader, which is the glass elevator that, again, crashes through the top of the ceiling. And, and you know, that, that final button that Charlie presses uh, where he learns his fate as, as the new caretaker of the chocolate factory. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's going to be the topper in the game? Kind of kind of curious as to how they do that, but it, 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 it does feel like a final wizard mode or a final part of the game. It doesn't have to be like a wizard mode, but this sort of this is sort of the moment uh, if we were to look at a game like Lord of the Rings. Like when you destroy the ring, the whole machine turns into this beautiful sort of like everything's going haywire and there's such an amazing feeling. I think Willy Wonka needs that similar thing is when you get into the Wonka Vader and you win. The, the, the machine needs to just do something magical where that Wonka Vader is lifting up and moving around in some way, whether it's on the, I hope it's on the play field, not just on the screen. But this, what I like about this movie, again, because it has a final moment to it and you should be working hard to get to that final moment. Uh, and I think very much like Lord of the Rings, I really hope they do it in a way where you can get to that final moment, but there's still other objectives that are in the game that you're working hard towards other things you can get to. And I think there will be. I think it'll be very much like a Lord of the Rings uh, in, in where there'll be a lot of side, uh, you know, modes and, you know, mini wizard modes available in the game. And there might be something if you can, if you can, you know, get through all the multiballs of all the children and you can get through all the modes of the game, that unlocks the final, final mode in which, like, whatever, whatever it is, I think that is going to be in this game as well. So, yeah. So, like, when you look at the real estate of the game, how much of this is going to make its way into the game itself? Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, again, there's just moments in this game uh, that would lend themselves perfectly to pinball. I think that if you look at the movie and you remember there's a scene in it 
where it's the 1st of October in which everyone is invited to go to the chocolate factory. Now, if you listen to my last podcast, I talked all about how Jack should make five special edition versions of this game that are golden ticket editions. I still think Jack should do that. He kind of laughed at me via email saying 25,000 people would crucify me. Kind of No, Jack, you're wrong. The, the, the rich people in this hobby would, 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 would love, would lo- I know this goes against the entire movie where like, it's the poor kid that wins the chocolate factory, but it is kind of ironic because we, we are, we're all part of this hobby that you kind of have to be somewhat wealthy to enjoy the magic of pinball. Uh, too bad life doesn't emulate what happens in the film. But I, I think if Jack made five special editions of this game, uh, he should make them available on October 1st and the five winners get to travel to Jersey Jack Pinball to claim their game. And I would say, Jack could even say, like, look, you have to come here to get your game on October 1st. If not, it goes to you forfeit your position to visit the pinball factory and the game goes to someone else. That would be awesome. Uh, he could say that there's a six, six game that he's sending to Paraguay. Uh, all right, what else is going on? So I think Jack should also, when his collector's editions sell out, because I think they will, on Jersey Jack Pinball, when the collector's editions sell out, when you click on the page to buy it, a sign should come up that says, um, don't ask, no Wonka, you know, sign. You know, so there, remember when like all the candy bars are selling out and there's like a don't ask, no Wonka bar sign? That should be on his website when he sells out of collector's editions. Uh, all right, what else is going on in this movie? I think that's pretty much it. You know, I'm really curious. I'm really excited to see how Pat and team have watched this film and what elements of it are going to be physical and what elements are going to be digital. We do know that they have all the assets they need to make this thing magical. I'm curious to see how they incorporate all the songs into the pinball experience. Will they use all of them? Will they not? You know, if there's anything that has me a little bit nervous, if if I'm to be honest, I think some of the songs are kind of a little bit corny, you know, and will will they be fun and energetic? Because they're kind of slower and they're kind of more these heartfelt kind of songs. And pinball is is much faster. And if you look at the kind of music that's in Black Knight sort of rage and then you compare it to the Willy Wonka music. I mean, it's like going from kindergarten to a heavy metal show. And so I'm just curious to see how that will translate. We kind of have two games coming out that are on opposite sides of the spectrum. Like one is like a kid's movie and one is like a heavy metal concert. And they're both pinball machines. So don't ever say we don't have variety to choose from in this hobby. And and it's, it's going to be fun to watch these two games battle it out for people's dollars uh, because they're, they're both trying to kind of appeal to the pinball person in radically different ways, right? So that's what's going to happen this week. I think you're going to see people talking to the talent over at Jersey Jack. I think you're going to see a lot more of this game. Uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of the week, I think all of our answers, all of our questions will be answered by the end of this week. And so what an amazing time it is to be alive in the pinball hobby and in the pinball world. Uh, Not in all of our wildest imaginations would we have this many titles coming out one on top of another. I mean, it's, it's like every week now a new game. And so that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Now, what, what else can happen in this hobby? I want to take a little bit of a, you know, I want to close out this show by asking, uh, there's a thread about new in box fatigue. 
And it's hard to get excited about these games, and it's hard to look at all the different games coming out without really sitting back and saying, well, what if you want all of them? And what if you are so used to buying new in-box pinball games? Where do you find the time and the money and the resources needed to, to sort of acquire all of these machines? And there are so many games coming out that I don't know how they're all going to survive. It, it is going to be pretty brutal. Right? Where's Deep Root in all of this? Where is Deep Root? Speaking of surviving, too, I have to, at some point that I haven't mentioned on the show recently, are all of you out there who have been waiting for your Monster Bash remakes? So think about these guys. I know people, there are, there are more than a handful of people who paid in full for Monster Bash remake in October. They paid in full when the game was announced, and they're still waiting for their games. And, and they still have not received their game. And I think there's a lot of very frustrated Monster Bash remake people who ha- who have been like who are, feel like they're frozen in on this purchase. I'm not even sure if they're able to get their refunds on their games. But why is it taking so long for Chicago Gaming Company uh, to get people their Monster Bashes? And and there are stories of people who who are frozen with a distributor. They don't know where their game is. They have no indication of when it will arrive. And yet other distributors are, are seemingly have games in boxes for people. And so people who paid in fall in October are waiting. And people who are coming late to the party are getting games immediately through other distributors. And I think that sucks. I think that sucks. And now that Willy Wonka is going to be revealed and you're going to be able to buy that, uh, are, are you going to want to have your money frozen with Monster Bash? You know, Willy Wonka is probably not going to ship until May, June. So we know that. Um, we're going to see how the orders roll in for the game, but hopefully, you know, hopefully this game ships pretty quickly after reveal. And I think Jack knows that he, there's no way this is going to be like six months later the game comes out. Um, you know, wh- wh- how does Oktoberfest navigate this? Uh, Josh Kugler is supposed to come back on the show. I'm curious to see what, what their thoughts are on this whole thing. You know, they, they just they just had a great showing at TPF, and all of a sudden now you've got a Stern game and a Jersey Jack game pretty much revealed. Uh, a week after you, you're trying to get people to order your product, it's pretty brutal. There, there, it seems like there's no end in sight. And by the time Willy Wonka is shipping, that is right when we're going to see Jurassic World from Brian Eddy ship. And I think it, all of this—I I don't know about you. This is how I feel. I, it's, it's too much. It's too much. I, I, I'm so happy that there are so many pinball games coming out, but man, there's not a, there's just not enough uh, room and money out there there, there's just there's not and uh, I'm you know I again I I think this is a good thing because ultimately you're gonna have to make a game incredible for it to sell now there's there's just way too many games and people just don't remain very excited about these titles for very long anymore you know someone said this on Pinside and I kind of agree with it so much of the excitement and so much of the hype and so much of, of of the conversation in the pinball world, and especially with the collectors. I mean, this is this is collectors. Like, we are not, you are not the tournament players. You are not excited about a new game because you can't wait to play it in a tournament. You are excited about the possibility of buying a new game, of putting it in your home, because you see it as a combination of a game. You see it as a combination of a piece of artwork that will be in your home. And you also see it as a stroll down memory lane, that this is a title and a theme that you have some sort of emotional appeal 
uh, towards, you know, and maybe it's nostalgic, like an old game, or maybe it's a new franchise like Jurassic World, but it's just something that when you walk by it in your house, it makes you smile. That's why people buy pinball games. They are, they are incredible works of art that you can actually play. I mean, I love pinball because of that. You know, tournament guys don't see it like that. You know, they, they see it differently and neither one of us is right or wrong. But, you know, for a lot of you guys out there, you know, the lion's share of the conversation, what wakes you up, what keeps you going on pin side, what gets you really excited, you know what it is? It's the anticipation of what's next. And that is what fuels so many of us in the collector part of this hobby is we love to dream and imagine about what's coming out next from the pinball companies. But here's the thing is once a game is revealed, once a game is announced, once we do see it, a lot of the magic leaves the building. And a lot of the excitement we have sort of evaporates pretty quickly. And I notice this all the time on Pinside. People are so excited to see what's next. By the time it's out, they talk about it. They pull it apart for like a week or two. I mean, look what's happening in the Black Knight thread right now. There's like people bitching about it. They never played it. There's this pulling apart of it because, you know, the magic of it of it being new, every hour that goes by starts to evaporate a little bit, you know, to the point where when the game finally ships, that is when people talk about it the least. And it's this weird phenomenon in this hobby. It's like it's like we're chasing after something that we'll never, ever get. We're, we're always in search of the next pinball machine that's supposed to be the most magical pinball game ever. And, and we're going to have the ability to buy it. But I think a lot of what keeps people in this hobby going is the anticipation of what's next, is, is dreaming about what could come down the road. But when it actually does arrive, I do get the sense that there's, there's very little long-term satisfaction that a lot of you feel in this hobby. And that is why when I look at this hobby now and I look at my own behavior within it, to me it's like, a game really has to check so many boxes and truly be special and magical for me to ever really want to buy it. I, I, I don't understand why I would go in on anything else unless it made me feel that way. I also would become a little bit more self-aware of my own uh, attachment to the hobby. That maybe I won't be happier if I have 10 games. That maybe buying everything just because it's available won't bring me long-term pinball satisfaction. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that too. You know, we, we get a lot of new guys into the hobby with a lot of money who chase, chase, chase. And we've all been there. We've all been there. But there is an evolution of, of the hobbyists within pinball. There is, especially for collectors and new in-box guys. You will go through that evolution in which the excitement you used to feel a few years ago, you're not going to feel it anymore. You're going to become a little bit numb to every new product release. You're going to start to see the hobby a little bit differently. You're going to start to realize that you're always going to be able to get a game in really good condition once the code is finished. You're, you're never going to be without a title, no matter what it is, no matter what game it is. If you really want it bad enough, you will be able to get it down the road for, for mo most likely for cheaper than it was new. And you start to realize that you don't have to be a crazy lunatic and run after everything the moment it's revealed. And I think I'm seeing more and more of that. Now, here's the thing. I don't think the hysteria, the hype, and, 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 the, and the frenzy to get stuff immediately will ever die down because at the moment you're getting fatigued by it, at the moment you've sort of become more self-aware about what makes you happy in pinball, let me tell you what happens. 
a whole new army of guys who are brand new to the hobby. Those guys are, are, are coming in at the same time you're getting a little bored and fatigued. And the cycle continues. And that's just how it is. It's like that in every collector hobby. The people who are in it, who spend too much time on pin side, who like chase these things for years, they'll burn out. But a new frolic will take his place when frolic gets tired of this. And every time we lose a collector, every time a guy sells his, his collection or, 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 or sort of you know thins it out, there's some new guy who's just starting his collection and can't wait to put 12 to 15 to 20 machines in his home because he's got the money to do it. And that's, that's the cycle of pinball. Uh, and so I'm somewhere like in the middle. I mean, I, luckily for me, I don't have the room. So I, I just want to buy a magical game. I have high hopes for Willy Wonka. It's a dream theme. Brenda loves it. I think it'd be perfect for, for my New York City apartment. So I'm in on a collector's edition. If it, if it checks every box I'm looking for, I want it. I've wanted a Jersey Jack game for a really long time. None of them, none of them have really spoken to me yet. And I really hope this is the one that does it. I look forward to playing it soon. I look forward to seeing it soon. And, I, and I'm just happy for all of you out there that you're going to have the options you want to buy the games uh, that, are, that are worth you know, being in your home and worth your dollars, your hard-earned money. Uh, but the fatigue will come, and the new army will come. And people will discover this podcast, too. People will get sick of listening to me. New people will listen to me. It's just the way it goes. Um, we're all part of the same cycle. All right, everyone. So this is going to be a big week. This is going to be a huge week. I'm traveling for work starting tomorrow at 7 a.m. I'm heading down to South Carolina. I've been busy, 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 uh, but I still will take the time to get you guys the latest and the greatest. If you take away anything from this podcast, just take away the fact there is no price increase on, on Willy Wonka. You're going to see it this week. You're going to see people playing it. You're going to see the design team talk to. It's, 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 the cat is out of the Wonka bag this week. What a great week it is. I really hope everyone at Jersey Jack knocks this one out of the park. Have a great day. There is no life I know To compare with your imagination Living there You'll be free If you truly I feel like that's Hilton singing every time he hand washes his Subaru station wagon. And this is what Kaneda plays every time he floors the Dodge Demon. Wonka versus the Black Knight. I can't wait to see who wins this pinball battle. Later, everybody.